addiction. It claws its way into your life, stealing your hope and leaving you feeling utterly lost. You try to fight it, but its grip is tight. Its strength, overwhelming. You may feel defeated, but there's still a light burning. It's the light of hope, of recovery, and it shines from those who have faced the monster of addiction and emerged victorious, transformed by the power of faith. Welcome to Restored by Faith, the addiction recovery podcast, where we ignite the flame of hope by sharing triumphant stories of individuals who have shattered the chains of addiction and found true freedom in Christ. These are not just tales of overcoming a struggle. They are war cries, testimonies of resilience and transformations fueled by unwavering faith. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Restored by Faith podcast. I'm your host today. My name is Chris Busher, and I'm sitting here inside of our studio with a very special guest. His name is Etrell York, and he is one of our education staff here on this campus who daily pours into these men, teaches them about the Bible, and kind of goes through our GSNL courses here on our Teen Challenge campus. Etrell, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's a pleasure to um, be able to come here and share where I come from. Amen. Very quickly, kind of for our listeners' sake, would you kind of go through kind of your testimony, why you're even here, um, a little bit about who you are? Go ahead and spend a few minutes and share with us. Pour out your heart for us here today. Well, I'll just start from the beginning. Um, if I dive back into my into my psyche about where I come from at all, um, it all started in the back of a seat, in the back of a vehicle, looking forward and watching the trauma unfold in front of my eyes, my mom being abused, her hair being pulled out and and um the anger i could still i could still understand the anger that was bred inside of me at that point um i remember after the the situation there were tears and snot running and my mom turning back to me and and um pleading with me to defend her in such a way you know i was a i was a young boy probably about four years old my feet unable to touch the ground and I remember us looking down into the floorboard of that vehicle and seeing one of those um one of those tools that you use to undo your 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 lugs, you know, has the pointy end. And my mom was kind of instructing me at that point that if that something like that ever happened again, I grabbed that tool and I defend her. You know. Um praise be to God that that, that situation that situation never arose. Um you know, which is just the grace of God, because I believe that I would have defended her no matter what. And um, but from that situation, it bred in me a a desire to always be strong and and tough and defend um my rights and my personal rights, you know, over anything, so I can make sure my mom was safe, my sister was safe, and I was safe. And um, but push come to shove that that relationship between my mom and that and that man it ended briefly after that he ended up getting in a car wreck and i remember being told that by by her and i started having these visions at night of him burning alive and skin melting off his face it just turned into a really huge trauma for me but i was never able to express those things on on how it made me feel so i just kind of tucked it on the inside like I feel a lot of men would do. You know, we're not instructed on how to cry and let things go or how to be free from the the bondage that the enemy tells us we are. You know, he like he would like to creep in our heads and say, 
uh, where alone um, strength is found in your ability to stand up and go through these things. Um, the importance of it all is is how you look. You know, the enemy would love to have us believe that, and I and I fell for that. Um, so moving forward, my mother she did read Mary, and he the man he brought. Uh, Christianity into our lives. Such a good man. He's uh, the only man that I'll ever call dad. He bred in us a a routine of 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 striving for more, of hard work and um, work ethic. He taught me so much. Um, and but from that drastic turn into Christianity, for me, I was able to learn how to hide myself more. You know, because uh, that those pains never went away. The um, sitting in church and being angry, you know, if I spoke to any of the, of the other kids, it was just, um, I'm a tough guy, but we can be friends, you know, and this stuck with me for the majority of my life. Um, but let's continue to move forward. Um, a few years going through school, I never, um, I never, presented myself as anything other than just the common street thug that um that was smart, you know, had the ability to think, thank God that I didn't um fall off on my academics, but I was able to um get good grades and, and be honorable in a sense in that way, you know, at least I could have people compliment my intelligence. So so that was my mask. I was a um I was a smart guy that chose to be strong, you know. Um, and briefly after that, I was able to graduate high school, which moved me to what I was going to do with my life. And I started immediately after that um, selling drugs and and couch hopping, going to house to house, just living this life. I remember the First time that I I left my parents' house, it was it was an accident actually. I remember my dad. Um, well, I was going to spend the night at this at somebody's house, and I was like, I need to come and get my stuff. My dad said, Well, come and get your stuff. And for some reason in my mind, I believed that he was telling me to come get everything. You know, it's time for me to go. You know, which is it's huge to have a mistake like that. You know, I started my my independence in the street with nowhere to go, um, all based on my own um, ignorance and, and state of bravado, you know. So I ended up being, um, jumping into it, being homeless, basically, um, selling drugs, going to raves, selling there and earning my respect as being some guy that could fight and that could, you know, get people what they wanted. But push come to shove, um, where everything comes together, I found myself with a drug charge, methamphetamines, um, that brought me to the point of um, 25 to 99, and I had to make a decision on if I, on if I was going to continue leading my life in in hell, towards hell, or if I was going to make the change to being being something new. I remember getting to the point in my um, half-heartedness. Um, I would find myself going to church to try to make this change, but also while I was away from church, it was only 
selling drugs and staying out all night and things like that. Um, what brought me to this ministry, if you will, was my the opportunity God presented me after I had found myself in those jail cells and I was tired of life. I had gotten to a point of extreme suicidal behavior, and I just asked, told God, if there's anything else, I I need you to show me. And if you don't show me, I'm out of here. I'm done with it. And he presented a uh, recovery center to me, and I was so done with everything else that I was able to fall in that wholeheartedly and not think of my own ways of getting better because nothing else had worked. You know, I took the only road that was presented to me, and there I got to learn how to, you know, actually love Jesus rather than just having the mask of it, you know. I feel like a lot of us jump into um, Christianity because it's the recreational and approved thing to do based on what our parents did or or um, or what the masses are doing. And that's what I did. I was just going to church when I could. Um, they would have um, events where you could go and eat or they would have, have events where they went out and did something. I was there, but I was never real about it. But when I went to my recovery center, I had the opportunity to actually pour my heart into it because it, at that point it was a life or death situation. It was either I was going to um, be done with life and end it there, or I was going to give this this Jesus all that I had in order to have new life. And and I'll tell you, um, and James is right when he says if we lean on God, if we draw nigh to Him, He'll He will draw nigh to us. And I remember um, going to those altar calls and lifting my hands and and surrendering and. God meeting me there. I remember the feeling of him just dripping that oil over my head and me closing my eyes. I began to cry like I never cried before. Um, my hands were up. I was speaking in tongues. And, and that was the turning point for me when I decided that, okay, this is everything. This is life. And I want to be able to move forward in what God has for me. If I, I've learned in, in numerous teachings that if I can give God everything that... um that I am. If I could present my body as a living sacrifice, then that will be my true worship. And he'll take hold of everything I had. He'll start to give me things back as privileges, as long as I can give him those personal rights that I thought I needed. Like, I believe that I need, I should be able to say whatever I want and deliver strength by what I said or how people saw me. But in reality, I can just be gentle. I can speak in a gracious manner. I can, um, allow people to go ahead of me. I can allow people to deliver offense to me and not be offended. I can be meek. Um, I've learned these things through um, through through God because everything comes through him, and he's applied these things into my life and allowed me to be able to grow from it. Um, so now in the, in the position I'm in, I've been blessed with the opportunity to go from this common street thug with just a whole bunch of pain to someone that is freed from it all, freed from the bondage and, and the uh, struggles. And now I'm able to sit in a position as I am humbled. I have been humbled by all the pain and, and God has exalted me to be able to teach um, how to come from the uh, common way of thinking, you know, how to take my plow and burn it, if you will, how to, lean on him for everything, you know, and in those times when I don't know what to do, 
I know that I can pray, and I know that a righteous man's prayers avail of much. So I just go to him, and I and I pray when I'm when I'm feeling angry. I go to him immediately. I'm like, God, help me to not be that angry man that I was. I know I'm delivered. Uh, take these things from me. When I'm feeling anxiety, anxiety or anxious, I could just give that to him, and he gives me a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I understand now that every happening that happens is a trial that I can be joyous in because I know it's an opportunity for me to uh, grow in him, grow in patience, to have endurance, to have the relationship with Jesus that is uh, beyond um, natural, that is so supernatural that it changes a man from the inside. It changes his identity. Who I, If I look at a mirror of who I used to be, I wouldn't recognize myself seeing me now. You know, and that's just, and that's a blessing, and that's a gift. Um, and so now I can actually, um, you know, honor my parents. You know, my parents look at me and they're proud of me for who I became. I may, I've been able to talk about my past and and get over it all. You know, so now there there'll be another man that has gone through the same things that I've gone through, and I can be there for them, instruct them, understand, and help them understand. You know. I really love how <clears throat> how you mentioned about how you're you're very different than the person that you used to be. You know, in fact, as I'm sitting here listening to your testimony, just knowing you for these last few months, having you work here on this campus and just seeing who you are today, it's almost a night and day difference. Like I would almost never believe that that was who you, that 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 was who that you are. Let me let me ask you this: When did you have your very first encounter with Jesus? What what really kind of led you to that moment and and what happened during that encounter? Um, As much as I don't typically side with deliverance ministry, um, I found myself in a state where I was able to, like, count everything else as false, you know? And I just closed my eyes about two or three years ago. I mean, there there were happenings in my past where, you know, my parents spoke about these things, you know, you raise your child in the way they must go and they will not depart from it. And I feel like that held to me. Um, yeah, I, I fell away as a child, but as a man, I knew that there was strength in what what my parents were talking about. And two years ago when I got, or three years ago when I got in my um, a recovery center, um, I just lifted my hands and it, it's almost as if, um, and there was a man in front of me had his hands on my chest and, and other people around me. It's like I just started rocking, you know, I just started rocking and I started feeling all these people putting their hands on my back and and my tears started to fall. And I just went, I had nothing to say, but I opened my mouth and and these words started coming out that I didn't really understand. But I knew it was like a cry of to the father, like 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 I was literally crying out like father father you know and and it was an outward voice of of all the sorrow being um being mended if you will like i could feel the release of it you know now did you grow up with this type of experience you know with the laying on the hands and and crying out to god in a real personal way or was that something foreign and new for you uh i grew up with um we were a type of family that at first we didn't like going to church at all because we knew we we were different, you know. So we stayed at home and we watched um we watched Creflo Dollar on on the on the oh, T V. Yeah. We watched Frederick Price Junior on the T V 
And we, so there was no like laying hands or lifting up. We didn't do praise sessions. We didn't, um, I mean, when we would drive somewhere, we'd listen to praise music and we'd laugh and, and sing the songs, but we never had uh, church experiences. Yeah. Now, and how long, it's just for our listeners to know, um, you, how many years did you spend in addiction? In addiction, I spent about, I would say about 20 years. Because um, I started, I fell into it when I was 19. So, I, yeah, maybe about 10 years. I fell into it was not when I was 19. I got away from it for a little bit. I was sober for and clean for about seven years. But I always had that that dry relapse at my yeah. fingertips and in my mind. Like, I was always still... Uh, drinking, I always thought in my mind like, uh, well, before I die, I'm I'm going to get high again. I'm just gonna do it one more time. It won't affect me like it did before, and it was always in my mind. So I was never really clean because I was always aimed at going back. Yeah, know? and so you spent about ten years kind of in that addiction period. Let me ask you this today, because some of our listeners they might not understand this. Um, are you still a drug addict today, or are you a new creation? I'm a new creation. I um. The the addicted mentality um, is part of my old wineskin. Like if I if I that stuff doesn't fit in my new wineskin. Like I have to I have to be able to lean on the word. And where I do have thoughts of um, of going back, I have the word of God to hold those things captive. I believe that the enemy uh, comes to us by thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. So if there's something he can convince us of ourselves and accuse us of being someone that we're not, then he will do that. But it's my um, my devotion and God's intention for me to lean on his word, to be separate from who I was. Amen. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you, you've been teaching all of our, our classes here and everything. You've been doing a lot of the GSNL classes. Could you kind of explain to some of our listeners kind of what GSNL is, what type of things that you teach and why it's important for our students here at this program here at East Texas Men's Center to go through these courses. The way I teach is a is a really personal way and I feel like in GSNL it gives us an opportunity to um to think of the ways that we used to do things and and hold those things captive with the way that we should do things. God uh, calls us to holiness and to working out our sanctification, and that's exactly what we're doing in GSNL, replacing those old ways of thoughts and those old habits and choosing to obey man and to obey God and, and to deal with our anger and know what's underneath it and give it our personal rights away, you know what I'm saying? I feel, I believe that GSNL gives us an opportunity um, that, Elijah gave Elisha when he said, come and follow me. And Elisha had to go and take that plow. He took that ox and he burned, made a fire and he, and he, and he killed the ox and he, and he fed his uh, people. And then he went and followed Elijah, Elijah, you know, that was the, um, and then Elijah, if you would um, understand it this way, Elijah began to show Elisha, GSNL, if you would, he started to show him this is the way that we do things. This is how we, um, this is how we move, you know. Yeah, and and GSNL for our listeners who don't understand, GSNL is it's our coursework that we have through Teen Challenge USA. It's I believe it's General Studies for New Lives in Christ, um, yeah. and so it's fourteen lecture or group study classes, and we're studying 
things that almost any Bible-believing church or denomination could fully get behind. Our goal at Teen Challenge is not necessarily to teach a denomination, it's to teach the Bible. Uh, so this GSNL courses, they are very basic Christian courses that our men go through. It takes them about a week through each of these courses, so it's a 14-week um, series, if you will. And what are some of the courses that they go through with GSNL? It's obedience to man, obedience to God. What are some more? Anger and personal rights. We learn how to study the Bible. We learn how to have a successful Christian life. Um, it's um, how to deal with temptation when it comes, understanding where it's coming from and in which way we should allow it to angle us towards God. Everything, every topic that we go through points towards Jesus. Every topic we go through, we line up with the Word of God because I we believe that there's truth in Jesus Christ. There's hope after dope. And um, you might have heard the uh, worldly saying before that the truth shall set you free, but in reality, that's biblical because who is the truth? Who is the way and the life? So we get into the gospel, which is Jesus' teachings, and we gain that freedom that um, that he promises us. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you on a more personal level, um, because I've taught some of these classes as well, and I have my favorite course. What is your favorite GSNL course that you teach? Um, and and tell, tell us why. My favorite? I think my favorite would have to be um, Temptation, because when we get into Temptation, uh, I mean, every there's not a temptation that every man has not had the opportunity to deal with. And I always thought temptation was a um, a way of the enemy. It was only just um, the enemy messing with me. But now I know that where I'm tempted for something, there's there's a deeper voice in that that yeah. God is calling me towards. You know, there's always God has these teaching opportunities for me in everything I do. I mean, in the verse that I that I stand mm-hmm. on, I spoke on it earlier was is a. Uh, is James chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, when he tells us to consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when we experience various trials, because um, the testing of our faith produces endurance, you know, and he wants us to be able to get through these things so we can rely on Jesus, because Jesus is that patience, he is that endurance. And I believe that in when temptation comes, it's simply a trial in which we're able to be to get stronger so that the brother behind us is coming, we'll be able to explain the direction that leads to Christ. Yeah. I think the pastor and me, my favorite one is uh, how to study the Bible. Because, you know, when I went through the program like 18, 19 years ago, whatever it was, I had no idea how to study this Bible. If if you guys are listening out there right now and you've never actually studied the Bible or picked up the Bible more than flipping through the pages, it's extremely intimidating. I mean, we got 66 books right there, some of them bigger than others, and it's not just something that you just start right at Genesis and just keep reading on through. So my favorite is teaching these men how and why we study this Bible. Let me ask you something. Now, you've been with us for, what, almost four months here on this campus teaching these courses and everything. Um, Can you think of one memory, one moment that has happened in these last four months that has kind of been impactful for you, that you've seen one of these men get set free, or you've experienced something yourself that was happening right here in Deport, Texas, the the most insignificant town in all of Texas, but God is doing something. Tell, tell us one, just one memory that you have here so far. Um, it was in my office. I had a uh, advisee come in, and this is a, a harder guy. He's been through prison and all these different things. He has tattoos everywhere. And, um, 
And, you know, a lot of times in my mind, I'm just like, you know, I'm just, I'm not, without without Christ, I'm just as, I'm just a street thug, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, God has definitely exalted me to the position I'm in. And the confirmation to that was this guy coming to my office and we're just doing, we're just talking. And something something is said in our in our session about trust and he just starts crying and i and i and i resonated with that you know when i was in my recovery center we go to this um the uh, chaos coordinator's office oh yeah and we would talk to her and every time we went in there we'd just get to this point there's all these hardened men we would just start crying you know i'm getting that freedom from being able to talk about these things and and when he started doing that in my office, I was like, okay, this is it. This is real. You know, this yeah. is this is people being set free and moving forward. You know, this is what I got. And now I get to give that, you know. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing to be able to release and move forward. Yeah. Now, kind of as we are wrapping up this, this podcast episode here today, I did want to ask you something. Um, you know, you have been through a lot. Um, everything, you know, from, from your past, you know, growing up, uh, in in Vegas, correct? You grew up in Vegas, right? And uh, you know, going through you know the ten plus years of active addiction, um, not really knowing who God was, and then all of a sudden God got a hold of you in a radical way, and He just set your path on a completely different way. I don't imagine that you ever thought in a million years you'd be working out here at a Teen Challenge in Deport teaching men. Um, I'm sure you probably had other plans like all of us before God gets a hold of us. Is there something that God has showed you about your future? or a desire that you have for your future uh, in ministry or what God is calling you to do? I've always had um, thoughts of just being successful. You know, I always yeah. thought that's where I would be. Um, I would be working somewhere, just making money, taking care of my family. And God just let me slip upon a book in the Bible called Habakkuk. And Habakkuk, basically, it boils down to a bunch of men that thought, all I'm going to do is take care of my family. I'm going to get married and I'm going to work, you know, and it really, it, it hit me like there has to be more, you know? Yeah. And coming here in, in this manner, I just, I've been able to, if you will, give my future to God and just lean on him. And, and now I just see that he's angling me towards, um, speaking and and preaching and and teaching you know he's allowing actual life to be the lesson you know he's allowing the actual word to be my going force um i've never seen my life going the way that that it is right now but i trust him and i'm not going to give this up for anything Amen. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this as as we close. If there's somebody out there that has maybe heard something that you've said here on this podcast episode, or they're going through active addiction right now, or maybe they feel lost, maybe maybe they've, uh, you know, quote unquote, attended church, you know, sang the songs and, and heard the stories, but maybe they never really had that experience. Like, like you were talking about having that real first encounter with this Jesus. What is something that you could say to them to encourage them, um, just one quick message for them. I have to say that half-heartedness, and this this a word of warning, I guess, if you will. Um, while I was sitting in all those pews, surrounded by all those people, um, once we make a step towards um, our own path, it 
it doesn't stop, you know. We we take a I remember I would sit there in the pews and then I'd go home and then I would um it started with me picking up somebody's number, picking up a phone number and I know I shouldn't do that as a married man. And then it turned to me going to those people's houses. And then it turned into me um someone pulling out a meth pipe in front of me. And then it turned into now I'm going there every day. And then it turned into I'm leaving my my home early in order to indulge in his life and and that's virtue what led me to down the path of destruction. And I've learned that um we can be humble and walk the path of God or we can be um humiliated <laughs> and gain that, yeah. that humility um the hard way because we don't get to skip lessons. Well the lessons that God tries to teach us will come and they will be taught. He's a sovereign God. He is in charge, you know, and if we decide to walk down that path uh, of our own, we we begin to feel the distance of um of God. But be encouraged. There you can't get so far from God that that it takes time for you to turn around. As soon as you turn around from that way and we repent and we turn towards God, He's right there. He's been when we turn around, we realize he's been pursuing us with uh, happiness. He's been pursuing us with joy the entire time. He's right there. If you would only turn and and ask him to take over everything that's going on, we might think that, oh well, I need to be able to make this money from from selling this stuff, or I need to be able to, uh, or you don't understand all the pain I'm going through. Um, God understands, and there's and there's so many people in this world that have gone through it. And um, adult and teen challenge is a good place to communicate with. I mean, our phones are open. We don't you don't have to call us and just be like, oh well, I need to join join this ministry. We're here. If you if you call us and say, hey, I'm struggling, I need to talk to somebody. We're going to respond to that with our hearts. We're going to respond to that um, with the word. We understand. We everyone here has been there. So be encouraged. Um, we're available. Yeah. And for those of you listening, if you're interested in, in connecting with us, or maybe you need help, or maybe you need prayer, or anything like that, if you look in the description on any of these uh, episodes that you're listening to, we have all of our contact information. But our phone number out here is 903-652-2352. Israel, um, I want to thank you again for, for joining us today, for opening up your heart and just encouraging the people out there that really need this light in the darkness. Could I ask you to pray to kind of close up this podcast episode and just pray for all the people that are listening to this today, right now, and in the coming months, in the coming years, that God will use this message to touch them? Yeah, of course. Um, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, is asking you to help me decrease so that you may increase, Father God. Um. I personally don't know every single person or every single heart, but you do, Father God. You have a Holy Spirit. We have Holy Spirit that connects us all together. And I pray that as we go down the path, the narrow path that you've called us towards to to gain help, to gain healing, to gain the gifts of the Spirit, Father God, to gain that better life, I pray as we climb that mountain, Father God, you would help us to um, you out. You would help ears to be unwedged and and hearts to be hearken to your voice, Father God. So as people are coming to be healed, um, everything will line up. And I know you're you're a, a master a master workman, 
Father God, and we, I just thank you for being the potter, for being in control. Cause healing to come to these hearts to listen to this message, Father God. Um, allow um, motivations to move towards um, help, Father God. And I pray that every person that's out there, no matter what they're going through, that they will come and that they will get healed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. As we draw the curtains on another powerful episode of Restored by Faith, we want to thank you for joining us on this journey of resilience, redemption, and unwavering faith. If you or someone you know is battling addiction, we encourage you to reach out to the East Texas Men's Center, where the flame of hope is kindled and lives are transformed. You don't have to face this journey alone. The East Texas Men's Center is here to provide support, guidance, and a community that understands the challenges of addiction. Take that courageous step towards recovery and redemption. Call the East Texas Men's Center at 903-652-2352 or visit their website at easttexasmensrehab.org. Remember, the journey to restoration begins with a single step of faith. Thank you for being a part of the Restored by Faith community. Until next time, may the light of Christ guide you on your path to healing and freedom.